to the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast with Roz Gervais and Laura Day, where we chat about our creative lives as artists while keeping it real and a little bit messy. We're here to inspire creatives just like you to push past those boundaries and make art that you love. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paint, Rest, Repeat. Laura and I are going to be chatting about artist CVs and artist bios and artist statements and just artistness. <laughs> All the sorts of written documents that you may need for forging a professional arts career, I guess. <laughs> what I love about this is that as we were preparing for this, <laughs> this chat, Laura's like, we're going to talk about artist bios and the difference between a bio and a statement. And there I am going, what is the difference? (laughs) I've written them, but just remind me. (laughs) And I'm like, let's just hit record and I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So go explain to me, refresh my brain. Yeah. Okay. So we've got written documents that you may need if you're applying for an art prize or if you're having a gallery show or if you're submitting some information to the press for a press release, for your website, for a little marketing flyer, all of those sorts of things, you will need some written information about yourself and your practice. And there is different formats for each different thing. So we've got an artist CV, we've got an artist statement, and we've got an artist bio. So I'll start with the bio. And a bio is a short description about yourself, who you are as an artist, what inspires you, and just a little bit about your practice. So it's a concise document. Think about, say, you're wanting to put a little bio at the end of an article or something like that that you submit in a press release. So that's the broad one, right? So the artist bio is more broad than a statement. Yeah. So it's a broad introduction to you, your practice. So it's just like like a little profile on you. And you don't go into details like your education and like art prizes that you've been awarded and things like that. Like that information isn't relevant, but that information is relevant in an artist CV. So an artist CV is almost like, a resume, but it's specific to your arts career. So it's all the exhibitions that you've had, publications you've been published in, your educational background. If you have a specific educational background, you can be an artist and not have an educational background in art, but that's the area that you will. An artist CV is really a document that you will use if you're applying for grants and funding for your art business or an art project. So that is a much more comprehensive document as opposed to the bio, which is a short, snappy informational statement. And then your artist statement, so that will go probably complementing pieces of your artwork, like for example, an exhibition or gallery context. And this is where you get into more depth about your inspiration, maybe the location that you live in gives context to your art pieces. And we're wanting to use it like as a sales tool because that written word is going to help to give people context and connection to your artworks and it'll help them read your artworks, like the visual, 
it'll allow them to read into the elements in your art. As you're saying this, I can visualize, you know, when you go to the big galleries, I can visualize a whole room or area with, I don't know, Matisse's artwork or something. And then on the wall is that written section that sort of sets a scene really for what you're about to see. Maybe that's a good way to describe an artist statement as well, setting the scene for what you're presenting. So you'd like to include like how you want people to respond to your work and talk about your artwork's themes and ideas and what is important to you as an artist and why you do it, how you do it, like what you do as an artist, like go into detail around your process, your techniques. Like That's your opportunity to get a bit more in depth, which you wouldn't do in a short artist bio. But they're all very valuable documents. And I know for people that are just starting out, it can feel like a real daunting task. It can, like people tend, some people tend to have a block around writing and it can be like quite a process to unpack everything. (laughs) This is where I drop in that Laura has created a guide for you or a checklist or a cheat sheet or a workbook. Yeah, it's sort of like a workbook, sort of brainstorming around your writing about your art. Yeah, so definitely go and check that out because I think often if you have that block, you just need like some structure around what you're going to write. And if it's your very first one that you're writing, just get something down on paper, just do something because something on paper is better than nothing on paper and get that ball rolling. Do you ever review other people's artist statements? Like, do you recommend that they share their artist statement with an arty friend or something like that? Yeah, definitely. As many people as you can that are connected to the arts to review it for you. So yeah, if you know someone that is more advanced in their career and may have applied for art prizes or grants before, they would have some practice in writing these statements. So they would be able to impart some advice or just, you know, tell you to reword uh, certain elements of your statement. And But I'd also suggest to use really approachable language as well. So, you know, these people in the fine art arena, they tend to like, you know, like really long descriptive words. And, you know, there are certain terms in the art world that your regular people don't really understand. I would say to limit that I would choose a more like approachable language format. So thinking about it as a marketing tool, you'd want people to read your statement and comprehend it and they don't need it like an arts degree behind them to understand your statement. It's something that is going to complement your work and it's something that you're going to use as a marketing tool, like I said. So I think though it depends on who you are and what you're aims are as well. Because I think, you know, if we have any listeners that are wanting to get into like high-end fine art galleries, then they might need to play that game, but they need to be comfortable with that. And it needs to represent them as a human being, you know, and an individual. So, but I think most of our listeners are a little bit more, a little bit, how do we, you know, I don't know, like us. Yeah. And I'm thinking about like a lot of the artists are listening to a podcast. They are doing the self-representation or they're doing like sort of the retail route or, you know, like more boutique-y, a bit more commercial spaces rather than your fine art gallery institutions. But yeah, it is a good point to consider what is the outcome, what's the intention behind your art, 
what do you want to represent to the world? Like what sort of artist do you want to represent to the world? Because that, you know, needs to be reflected in your artist statement that complements the work hanging on the walls. Meanwhile, this jumper is very, very itchy. <laughs> so for those of you watching on YouTube, you might be wondering why Ross is like <laughs> leaning behind her. Seriously, <laughs> like I love the colour and it feels like it feels nice to touch but not on my skin, if that makes sense. So itchy. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> That's okay. I have a few jumpers like that myself, but I always tend to wear something underneath it, like a long sleeve, just so it, it's that buffer. Random side note. <laughs> my grandma, my late grandma, she loved skivvies. Like she would buy all of us skivvies all the time. It was like the skivvy thing. Anyway, so it's a family joke. I need a skivvy. Actually, is that a word that's known outside of Australia? I'm not sure. What is it short for? I don't know. Well, our international listeners can tell us that. Mm, If you are an international listener, please send us a DM. Do you know what a skivvy is? Yeah, it's sort of like a turtleneck, I guess. Hello, hello, it's Roz here. I just had to interrupt our episode to let you know about my free Facebook community for creatives. Yes, yes, I know it's on Facebook and Facebook does have its downsides, but it is a great way to meet other creatives and join communities of like-minded people. So if you would like to join our group, you are so incredibly welcome and we cannot wait to meet you. Come and search for us under Permission to Paint Free Community. See you there. Anyway, so what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about artist bio, artist statement, artist CV. So I'll go back into the specifics more, a bit more tips around the artist statement. So things that you might want to consider is the location where you're based. Is that inter- important in terms of the context of your work? It might be or it might not be. Your style. So what style you usually work in and is that helpful to describing that style? Is that going to be helpful in describing to the viewer in the statement? And mediums, like what mediums you use, tools and mark making. Is there a specific way that you approach the mark making that would be of interest or importance to including in the statement? At colors, what palette you're using? Are you using a limited palette? Is that important to your work? Is it bright, colorful, vibrant? Also, your inspiration. So what you use as resource material, what you are inspired by, is that relevant? Is there any other artist movements that you're influenced by? And I guess for me, like nature is a huge inspiration. So like adding that into the statement and why that's important to my work. Do you have a message? Like, do you have a specific message? Are you speaking to some sort of statement and is that important? Your story, is there personal story behind the creation of the piece? Feelings and emotions, what do you want people to feel when they see your work? So I just want to also mention that it's not meant to be like a a do the artist statement and we're done (laughs) sort of document. It's actually something that will evolve over time as your practice evolves and as you change as an artist and as the work changes as well. So I feel like there will always be edits and tweaks along the way, depending on the reason why you're creating this statement. And it's meant to be yeah, connected with your a body of work or something like that and sort of supplementing that, like you were saying, supplementing 
that collection, adding further information. I like how you were talking about inspiration and whether your location influences it. It's things, I feel like it's important to include those things that are separate or additional to what you can visually see, you know, like explaining, like you were saying, the process, like how did you do that? Because people might look at your artwork, but they won't know that or they won't know how you made that. So yeah, I like those ideas. Yeah. And just doing it, writing it with the intention of people being able to build a connection with your work. So it is describing your work or describing the process in relation to the way that you want people to respond. So I tend to write these sorts of things. Like if I'm doing a new piece of writing for something. So for example, I wrote my very first article, by the way, the other day for a local free magazine. That was a bit scary (laughs) for a moment, but I thought about what I wanted to include. And then I did my bullet points then to give me a structure and give me the content. And then I fleshed it out. So maybe our listeners can do that with your guide. I think your guide's going to have a workbook in there, did you say? Yeah, yeah. It's more, yeah, workbook than guide. So just, you know, sort of the things that I've sort of covered, like message, story, feelings, colours, medium, for example. So then you get to brainstorm all of that because I think, you know, some artists might approach it from a perfectionist mindset and I tend to lean that way as well. And I have to like write it down on the computer and get it perfect. And, you know, there can be a little bit of a writer's block sometimes. So I'm hoping that this will be just a way that they can just sort of print it off and then handwrite all of their ideas and just do a bit of a brainstorming. And then you can pick what is important. Yeah, pick the best bits out of it. And I think having a a, um, workbook like that gives you that structure and gives you your bullet points. And then as you're saying, you sort of mush it together at the end to make something that's holistic, like a whole piece. In my experience, I haven't actually sort of, what's the word, shared an artist statement in the last couple of months. So refresh my brain. But in my memory, an artist statement tends to be under a page. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. A one-page document, double-spaced in a nice font. You can search on Canva and Canva actually already has like artist statement templates, or you could just do like a nice document and yeah, just a nice readable font. The double-spacing helps for the readability. Just it's a simple document that will be displayed with your work. And it's on the perfectionist piece. You know, if you do your research, you just grab this guide from Laura, use that as your guide, your structure, get something out, submit it into your next art prize or grant or whatever it is you're writing this for, and just let it go out into the universe. And then the next time you have an opportunity to share another artist statement, then you can zhuzh it a bit. And then the next time zhuzh again. You know, so it nothing, I don't think there even is a thing as perfect, is it? No, yeah. And just like in terms of your practice, the more and more you practice your painting, then the better you get. So just with writing, the more and more you practice and revise it, the better you get. And it'll become like closer and truer to your authentic voice. It might be a case of just getting over that first hump and just submitting that first one and just and then maybe getting a few people to read over it and review it and then yeah you just keep editing revising each different opportunity and time that you need to submit a statement it's funny isn't it because this is just bringing back a f- memories of a few other conversations i've had on this artist statement thing and how artists should not be judged based on their writing abilities 
Well, that's true too. It, it's true. I don't know. I might be wrong, but I don't think we are judged exclusively on our artist statement and our writing ability. I think it's meant to be adding to our artworks and giving us an opportunity to present more depth to what we're doing rather than, you know, pretty colours on some canvas. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I can totally relate to like, you know, you're specialised in a certain area. And so, but then that might be if you don't feel strong enough or confident enough in your writing ability and you want to focus on your strengths, which is a painting, it might be an opportunity to outsource that. Like there might be someone that is gifted in writing that would be able to help and assist you. This has reminded me of something really good. I was having a chat just this morning, actually, with another art buddy of mine, Sammy Sparrow. And she was just saying that another art friend of hers was asking her all of these arty sort of questions, like, but who are you as an artist sort of questions? And she had to answer them instantaneously, like first gut sort of reaction. And then she hasn't shared with me the questions yet, but she's shared with me the written outcome from that, which her art buddy wrote. I just thought that was really interesting. When you talk about outsourcing, like see if you can, I don't know, yeah, if someone else could write a bit about, yeah, what you're creating and the vibe that you give off through your art. Yeah, that is a really interesting exercise because other people may reflect different things that you might may not have even considered. Yeah, that's really interesting. Should I ask you a question? <laughs> All right, ready. No. <laughs> what are you here to do, Laura? <laughs> and, you know, on that statement piece, I think that's where I got stuck for many years, actually, because I felt like I was wanting to create beauty and my, my art was all about my personal healing journey and things like that. And in terms of like going to art school, they sort of ask you and prod you in terms of, you know, sort of your message and like, do you have like this big, like I always felt like I had to have this big political statement and like this message that I was like projecting out into the world. And I'm like, why can't I just create pretty art to hang on people's walls and just something that is bright and colourful and just like brings joy to people's lives. But that's what you're doing, you know, the art and the art for healing as well, like healing through beauty, just creating beauty, healing through viewing beauty and having beautiful things in your space and healing through joy, helping other people to actually tap into joy. Because I think some of us even, you know, forget that, especially, you know, day job humans. So yeah, you've got a message, but it's just not as, um, there comes that word again. Not as wanky as, <laughs> <laughs> as we might think it needs to be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And, you know, the more and more I become more of myself and sort of understand more about myself as an artist and my practice, the more confident I am in that. Yeah, I might not have this big, bold, intense statement that I want to put out into the world. I feel like it's more on the subtle realms. It's actually, it's in the unseen and it's actually in the energy behind it, what's happening in my studio, in the creation process and in the flow that translates. And even the buyer might not even know why they respond to a particular piece. It might not be something that's communicated in words. There's just so much magic there though. Like I've, I almost feel like you owe it to yourself and your process to have something written that does support that. I know what I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's about the resonance. 
And yeah, potentially, potentially that could be included in my next statement. I haven't had an exhibition for a couple of years and exhibitions take a lot of work. So I haven't had a purpose to revise my statement. I've got one for you. (laughs) Of course you do. You're always throwing different opportunities at me. Conversation (laughs) for another day. If you're listening, stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it, Roz. Um, On that, we were talking about CVs as well. And for those of you listening who have, you know, have a day job, like outside of art or have had other careers before or things like that, what do you have to say to them about what to include and what to exclude from your CV? Okay. So an artist's CV is like a resume, but specific to your arts career. So it does look different to a traditional CV, which lists all your work history and it doesn't matter like what industry it is. And so it's going to be read by funding bodies and they want to see that you have relevant creative experience and in executing particular projects. They want to know that you've been recognised in certain realms in, in the art world. Yeah, so you're wanting to put relevant art information into it. I'll interject for a second and say, so you're talking specifically about grants, but again, it could also be read by curators and, you know, people more in that space. But like you're saying, the important thing is, yeah, understanding who is going to be seeing your CV and what they need to know and how you can best back up what you're wanting to achieve, I suppose, with them. So for example, I worked once upon a time for Optus, I'll let you all know, which is a telco here in Sydney for like six months. And I, that's not on my artist CV. So it's got to be relevant to what you're working towards. I did a little stint in the call center with Telstra. <laughs> that was the worst job that I had. Is that on your artist CV? No, it's not on my artist CV. <laughs> uh, that was such an awful experience. But, you know, you got to try things in your, in your 20s. Yeah, so you'll need to include things like your discipline. So if you're a painter, you're in visual arts, your contact details. So just like your basic name, phone number, email, website, social media accounts. You also like, for example, on my CV, I've got Laura was born in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia in 1984. So now everyone knows how old I am. She currently lives and works in Ballarat, Victoria, Australia. And then you'll also include your art-related education, what you majored in, exhibitions, so group exhibitions and solo exhibitions. If you've been in multiple, multiple, multiple group exhibitions, I would edit that list. So I'd keep that concise. Publications that you might have been in and professional memberships uh, related to the art. So, and uh, prizes and awards, which is not on my CV because I haven't done any prizes or awards. 2023 goal, just saying. Yeah. So hopefully that gives more like context to those documents. Is there anything that you want to add with the CV? No, I, I just wanted to point towards that, you know, what to include and what to exclude, because I think there'll be a lot of people who, you know, have mixed backgrounds or Yeah, they're doing multiple things at this time as well. What else? If you don't have an education, like a fine arts education, 
what are ways around, like what else can you include? If you've done short courses, you can add that into it. And for some grants that I've applied for, they actually ask for a three-page CV. So what I've done is I've done that first document with the titles that I just, the subjects I just explained, and that was on the first page. But then I also had projects. So I actually included events that I collaborated with people on and they just want information around like whether you're going to be the right fit for executing and like going through with the project. Yeah, because they're giving you a chunk of money. So they want to know that you've been successful and putting things out there. So I added in certain events that I organized, like pop-up shops and different community events and collaborations and like education, sort of things like I collaborated with different community organizations to run workshops and different things. I added all of that with photographs and then like a little statement around what the project was and yeah, all of that. Yeah, beautiful. So sort of fleshing it out, strengthening your argument, sort of like debating on a piece of paper. The other one as well, an idea that someone else put to me as well, is that you can actually do online art courses with the National Arts School, which is, if we have overseas listeners, it's in Australia, it's in Sydney, the Australian National, (laughs) whatever it's called, the National Arts School. So you can do online courses with them and that's a really good way. You can just do it for a semester, a couple of hours a week, whatever it is. And that will give you something to put on your CV, which is highly regarded. So there's there's things like that that you can look toward to flesh out your CV if you're feeling like you need that to support the direction that you're wanting to go in. Nice. Well, if anyone has any questions further around this topic, please reach out. We'd love to help you and support you in any way we can. And I guess, you know, I've got my document that will be linked in the show notes. So if you'd like to do a bit of brainstorm and start thinking, writing about your artwork, that can give you a little bit of a kickstart in doing that. And if you've enjoyed listening to us chat today and share some tips with you, make sure you leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on (laughs) Spotify. I always forget my words at this point and I'm just like, "Mm, yep, what else? We're on YouTube. I want to say we're on, we share these. So if you want to see Roz and I beautiful faces, you can watch us on YouTube. We're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And my last one was, oh, that's right. I was going to say, if you would like to take a screenshot as you're listening to our podcast, make sure that you share it on your own socials so that we can help even more creatives just like you. Yeah. Cool. That's all. Yeah. I think we're done. See you next fortnight. See ya. (laughs) Bye.